It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you on a Thursday morning yet again to talk about some uh, geeky numbers. I got to say they're geeky numbers. It's called Stat Geek, but uh, they're not really all that geeky. They're just some good numbers, things breaking down the Pittsburgh Steelers um, this past season in general, things going forward. Just any kinds of numbers. Hey, and I'm always looking, always looking for these questions. We're actually going to answer several questions that I got on Twitter. We're going to do that in the second half of the show. Um, I got more than these questions. Uh, one of them, my goodness, it was a really deep, really involved question that if I can't even get the answer, it would take me a very long time. And it, let's just say it would be enough for an entire show. So um, I can't answer all of them that were thrown out to me there on Twitter, but I am going to answer uh, a good bit of them. But uh, what we're doing here is that uh, Brian Anthony Davis helped me uh, say something that it was Steelers quarterly. Well, bottom line is, is what I wanted to do for this episode is I wanted to look back at the Steelers 2020 season. I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of snark and sarcasm coming out of um, every time you try to do something with the Steelers out there. I mean, I, I have to admit, some I'm I'm getting a little bit worn down with it because it's like every time, you know, we have an article on BTSC, whether it goes on Twitter, whether it goes 
on Facebook, whether it's just on the website, there's always someone who's got a comment. Well, they lost in the playoffs or, you know, with something obvious that yes, I know the ending of the Steelers 2020 season stunk. It sucked. It did. That's just what happened. Yes. But does that define their entire season? It does a lot, but it doesn't mean that you can't look at the other parts of the season, meaning that you that you can still learn things from week six and whatnot about what happened throughout the season. And it seems like, you know, I'm I'm getting a little bit worn down with it. Like any anytime you want to talk about anything with the 2020 season, all people want to say is, but Ben threw four interceptions in the playoff game, but they snapped the ball over the head, but they gave up 48 points. Yes, these things are all true. But if we really want to get down and get serious about dissecting things with the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's more than just the playoff game. Yes, that's a very important part of it. But you can't only focus on that. You can't only focus on that. So that's just kind of my little rant here to start off uh, this episode because, I mean, even an article that I had on on the website just uh, just this week, I think, let's see what day was. I think it was on Wednesday, so I think it was yesterday, that um, it was about the Steelers' home record. And the reason I was talking about the Steelers' home record was because for the first time in the NFL, the ho- home teams did not have a winning record for the season. They went 127 and 128 and one. So, yes, granted, they were only a half game from being 500. But that's a big deal because, you know, there's been times where it's been like in the 60% that the home teams win. So with no fans in the stands and everything like that, you say, okay, so yeah, they're, they're, you would expect there to not be as much of a, of a home field advantage. But yet the Steelers were tied with three other teams. I think it was three other teams. Maybe it was four. Um, that were, that were seven and one at home this year. So they tied for the best home record in the regular season. And it was the most wins they've had at home since 2011. And um, they've only done that several times. So even though they had these issues going on, they they still had a good home record. I broke it down more. I, I talked about their opponents at home versus their opponents on the road and their overall um, winning percentages and things like that. But of course, I even had to throw in the disclaimer in the article, yes, we know that it's that it did not translate to playoff success. They were 0 and 1 at home in the playoffs, and that is not good. I said, I realize this, but talking about the regular season where you could actually compare it to the entire NFL, because not the entire NFL makes the postseason. And of course, what does everyone want to say? Well, they didn't win in the playoffs. Duh, I said that in in, in the article. I know this. The Steelers lost in the wild card round. They were favored to win by a lot. They didn't. It's awful. It's terrible. But if you're all you're going to do is fixate on that, then you're not going to be able to move forward. You need to learn from it, but you have to be able to move forward. That playoff loss is like that girl you were engaged to that it didn't work out. Okay. Big commitment ready to move forward, life together, didn't work out. Something happened, you break up. You know what? Eventually, you got to move on with your life. And it's not that you can't learn from that experience. 
But if that experience is going to define everything you do with the rest of your life, then your rest of your life is going to have issues the whole time. Eventually, you're going to have to move on. You're going to have to look back at other things you learned in your life and other things that led up to that engagement in order to in order to figure out what you're doing moving forward. So I've ranted on that longer than I should have, but that's just kind of on my mind uh, an awful lot um, with with these things. But what I wanted to do, yes, the, it stinks about what happens in the playoffs. I wanted to see how the Steelers got to that point. And you can use the regular season to see how this team was trending. And believe it or not, it's very interesting the way it broke down. And the reason it says Steelers quarterly is because when when NFL coaches look at their seasons as they're going and everything afterwards and whatnot, they look at it in four quarters because you play 16 games. At least that's what they've been playing um, since 1978. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 78. but, you know, next year could be that 17th game. We'll, we'll see if that comes through or not. Uh, has a lot to do with the TV deals. But when you break it down that way, you, you're basically playing four four-game seasons. So if you look at specifically those quarters and how things went with those quarters, it's going to tell you a lot. So let's break it down for the, for the 2020 Steelers by quarter. So I compared them to the rest of the NFL. Um, and comparing them to every team's first four games. So that way it couldn't be, you know, oh, well, you went through the first four weeks of the season. Oh, there's 17 weeks. Where are you going to throw it in? Don't care where teams' buys were. So it wasn't but the exact same date. It was every team's games, one through four. And here's how it broke down. I, I looked at yard, overall yardage and points for offense and defense, how the Steelers were ranked. And then I also looked at, passing yards and rushing yards, both offense and defense um, in each quarter and saw how they ranked and what they gave up. So let's look at it back in when the Steelers played their first four games where they went four and zero. It's also important to know who the opponents were with some of these things, because the Steelers, they faced the giants, the Broncos, the Texans, and the Eagles. Those were all teams that did end up with losing records this past season. That's, I mean, that's, that's the truth behind it. It it is what it is, but all you can do is play, play the teams on your schedule. But if you look at what the Steelers did um, on offense, they were, they were ranked 13th in the NFL in yards and over the first four games, they were ranked 10th in points scored. They were ranked 20th in passing yards and they were ranked eighth in rushing yards. So remember back those first four games of the season, the Steelers were rushing the ball. They had 555 yards in the first four games of the season. They did not have that many rushing yards in their final eight games of the season. So as as you can see, this team, I mean, when you look at their overall rushing yards for the for the season, they only had 1350. So so you're talking about over a third of their rushing yards were in the first quarter of the season. So that that's very interesting that they started off that way and they were running the football. And it wasn't even just James Conner because he got injured early in week one and Benny Snell rushed for over 100 yards. So, But if you look at the Steelers defensively, they were ranked third in the NFL in yards surrendered. They were ranked seventh in the NFL in points surrendered. They were ranked 13th in the NFL in passing yards surrendered, 
and they were ranked first in the NFL in rushing yards given up. So in the first four games, the Steelers rushed for 550 yards, and they gave up only 256 yards. That's how they started. That's how the season started. And But those passing yards were down. The Steelers were selling out against the, the run with some of these young quarterbacks. You know, that's what they did against Saquon Barkley and, and things of that sort. So it was quite, quite interesting. They just didn't want teams to run the ball. So then you turn into the second quarter of the season. So here comes the second quarter of the season. And you've got, this is where the opponents got to be a little bit better opponents. But the Steelers still went 4-0. Of those opponents, three of the four finished with winning records and made the postseason because they played the Cleveland Browns, Tennessee Titans, Baltimore Ravens, and Dallas Cowboys. Those were their next four games, 4-0 again. The Steelers, offensively, their yards dropped from 13th in the first quarter to 28th in the second quarter. They were 28th in the NFL in offensive yards gained. But they actually increased their ranking in offensive points scored from 8th, or sorry, from 10th to 8th. They went from 10th to 8th. And what's what's interesting is they actually scored one less point in the second quarter of the season. They scored 118 points in the first quarter of the season and 117 in the second quarter. But that 117th actually raised their ranking. Okay? They're... they're their offensive passing yards was 20th in the NFL and their rushing yards went from 8th to 31st. Dropped all the way down to 31st. Now, part of that was the teams that they were playing against. Um, but that's what you would thought at the time. But as you see, it didn't really get much much better, actually. <laughs> it could barely get worse, and it did. Um, so when you look at the defensive side of the ball, they were they they gave they were eighth in yards surrendered, they were fifth in points surrendered. So there was even that was even better against the quality opponents. They were they gave up fewer points. They only gave up seventy four points in the second quarter versus eighty seven in the first quarter, and went from rank seventh to rank fifth. And they were they did much better in their past defense. They were ranked seventh in the NFL. But what happened was their rush defense dropped from 1st to 28th. So they went from 256 yards to 566 yards. You're like, wow, that's a big deal. But you also got to look at who they were playing. They played the Cleveland Browns. So granted, Nick Chubb didn't play in that game. But they only gave up 75 rushing yards. They played Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. They only gave up 82 rushing yards. You're like, wow, they did that against those two teams to start the second quarter? Yeah. Well, how'd they end up 28th? Because the next week they gave up 265 rushing yards to the Baltimore Ravens. That's why. And then the following week against the Cowboys, without Ezekiel Elliott, they gave up 144 rushing yards there. Now, you know, that there, there was some interesting stuff in that game. I think some of that, if I recall, I'm trying to remember which game they gave up some big time rushing yards at the end when the game was kind of out of hand. I don't think that, I think that was the next game against the Bengals. So, um, but that's why they dropped so low in, in the rush defense. So what happened, if you look at it from quarter one to quarter two, the biggest difference came with rushing, both offensively and defensively. They dropped from eighth to 31st in rushing the ball. And they dropped from first to 28th in defending the run. Now, the question is, where did they go from there? 
Third quarter, Steelers went three and one um, in the third quarter of the season, and and uh, they, but they were only played they only played one team that had a winning record, and two of them were teams that made the postseason because um, the last team they played in that quarter was the Washington Football Team, who did not have a winning record but did make the postseason because um, they played the Bengals, the Jaguars, the Ravens, and the Football Team. And in that quarter, this is where things started to fall apart halfway through this quarter. From that Ravens game on is when it was the beginning of the end for the Steelers, even though they won that game. But if you if you look at it with their offensive yards, they 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 jumped up. They had their their best quarter of the season in those four games. They were eleventh in the NFL uh, with with fourteen fourteen ten was the yardage. Their points they dropped. They dropped in their points scored to 15th in the NFL. They didn't even hit 100 points in the last quarter, or not in the last quarter, in the third quarter of the season. So that's part of the problem going on there. And this was actually, you would think this would be good, but this is actually bad. Their pass offensive, their pass offensive yards went all the way up to fourth in the NFL. They jumped up to almost 1,200 yards in that quarter. And you're like, well, that's good. Not when you're not when you're rushing is 32nd in the league and only 239 yards. So that was the part of the season where the Steelers, it was obvious they were passing the ball. They couldn't run it. They were passing it. The defense, um, this is where they started to really stand out was in the third quarter of the season. So what's interesting is the offensive numbers were quite troubling, but the defensive numbers were great, and that's part of the reason why the Steelers were three and one in there. Look, I mean, think about it. They had game, games in there. They gave up ten points, three points, fourteen points, and then the one loss was still twenty three points. So in yardage, they were they were second in the NFL points given up. They were second. They only gave up fifty points. Um, in defensive, uh, um, giving up the give, passing yards surrendered, they were second in the NFL. So you get even better defending the pass. And then in the rushing rush yards department, um, rushing yards surrendered, uh, much improved from the second quarter. Uh, they were up to ninth in the NFL. Um, they cut that number back to 368 yards over those four games. So it was the defense that was still carrying the team in the third in that third quarter. If you look at it, the first quarter of the season, you had a pretty decent balance. It was more defense, but the offense was still doing its part. Second quarter, um they both struggled with the rushing parts. Third quarter, the defense carried the day. The defense carried the day in the third quarter of the season more than anything. And the Steelers were left with only passing the ball for the most part. So then you get to the fourth quarter of the season where the Steelers inverted that record from three and one back to one and three. So what happened there? Very, very interesting. So the Steelers, oh, just so you know, the, the, the teams that they played the last the last four weeks of the season were um, three teams finished above, three of the four finished above 500 and three of the four made the postseason. So that was the uh, one of the, the other biggest, best stretch of, of teams that they faced. And you also got to remember that the Steelers rested some starters in that last game, but that game didn't get out of hand or anything like that. But uh, the Steelers um, off yards offensively, 27th over the last four games. Points scored, 22nd. They only scored 82 points in those last four games. Passing yards, they were 13th. 
So they weren't pass. They didn't even hit a thousand. So they were a team that was reliant on the pass and they weren't getting as many passing yards. And then the rushing yards, once again, 32nd in the league, but they were one yard more than what they were the previous quarter. They went from 239 to 240. So that just kind of showed what happened offensively there as as it went on. Let's look at those defensive numbers. They fell off a little bit. Um, In yards surrendered, they were 10th. That was down from second to the previous quarter. Um, And that was their lowest quarter of the season because they were third, eighth, second, 10th. Then points surrendered. It was the most points they surrendered uh, in a quarter all season, it was over 100. It was 101, and they were 17th. That was their worst because they went 7th to 5th to 2nd, trending in the right direction, boom, to 17th. Okay? Defensive um, passing yards surrendered. That was still up there. That was one of the bright spots. They were 4th. So after starting 13th and then getting better to 7th, all the way up to 2nd, they slipped a little bit to 4th, but not bad. And then you had the rush defense, which went from first, it was up and down first to 28th to ninth to the final quarter. They were 25th, gave up over 500 yards rushing, actually gave up more yards rushing in the final quarter of the season than they did in the second quarter of the season. They gave up 575 yards in four games, um, mainly because they, they gave up a hundred yards in every game in that quarter. Um, 104 to the Bills, 152 to the Bengals, 127 to the Colts, and 192 to the Browns. So that's what happened there. So if you look at these numbers and try to figure out what really went went on, where things fell apart, all I think it all came down to more than anything. Now, it would be I, I could have dove in even more and got into the takeaways and stuff like that and turnovers because it seems like that was the Steelers were very dependent on that all season that 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 they had to get the takeaways in order for them to 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 be successful. And if you don't get them, then you're going to be in trouble. But the biggest thing really came down to rushing the ball and stopping the run for the Steelers to come out the way they did to start the season and rush the ball well and to not give up any rushing yards. Um, that that generally comes down to being, you know desire, being physical with the other team, things of that nature, you know, pushing other people around rather than being pushed around. And I think it would be safe to say that early in the season, the Steelers were doing all right, pushing people around. But by the end of the year, they were getting pushed around. Not as much defensively as they were offensively, if you know what I mean. But it really comes down to, I mean, could you chalk that up to the lack of bye week? You could. You really could. But um, that only goes so far. It really does. So I just thought I'd break that down into quarters. Um, I know I went a little bit long with this first with this first part of this um, of the show here. Um, it won't be too long in the second part. But I, I just thought it was interesting to see when you break it down into quarters of the season and think of what happened to the Steelers over those quarters. That's what happened. So so they all of a sudden they went from the you know they were twentieth in passing. 20th in passing in both the in both the first two quarters. Went had to go all the way up to fourth in the third quarter in order to still win games. And then they had to drop and then they dropped back down because teams know that knew that they could try to defend the pass against them. And uh, 
just didn't have enough balance with those things in order to figure it out. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back and answer some questions that I had and continue to just have some nice, fun, geeky numbers. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back after this break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is actually the second half of the episode. Welcome back from the first half where we broke down the um, what, what, the, what how the Steelers performed by quarter of the season. Um, that's the kind of stuff that the coaches are going to be looking at and things of that nature. So it only made sense for, for us to, to kind of go in there and break that down just a little bit. But I'm um, going to turn to some questions. And it's funny because I just realized that one of the questions I didn't answer quite right. So I'm going to have to try to see if I can throw together the complete answer there. I kind of I kind of misread it just just a little bit. But, that you know, that happens. But I'll, I'll get it all all when it comes to it. But I'm going to I put some out there. Like I said, I couldn't answer everything. But here was one. This was from Chase Cockrell. Um, on Twitter, that's Chase Cockrell one um, asked which receiver led the Steelers in snaps. Now, I actually looked this up as was looking at receptions. Who led the team in receptions? And in case you didn't know that, and I'm going to give you that information as well. Um, the player who led the the receiver who led the Steelers in receptions was Juju Smith-Schuster, who had 97, and that was on 128 targets. He was not the most targeted receiver. That was Deontay Johnson, who had 88 receptions, who was which was second most on the team, on 144 targets. But if you want to know who played the most snaps, that one was also Juju Smith-Schuster. He played, though this is regular season, um, he played 810 offensive snaps this season. That was um, about 74% of the snaps offensive snaps for the Steelers. And if you want to know where that where that ranked him on the team, that actually that had him ranked fifth on the offense. He he had the fifth most snaps. He had more than Marquise Pouncey um and everything else. Something here doesn't seem right because um I'm gonna to have to look and I'm hoping these numbers are are are, are acceptable because that those percentages might be off a little bit because Alejandro Villanueva, they have is only 88%. Uh, I'm looking, I'm using um pro football reference, and he actually played a hundred percent of the snaps. So I could tell you right now that it was actually more than 73% of the snaps. And uh if you give me just a moment, I'm just gonna have to calculate that because I couldn't trust them to do it. And that calculation comes down to it was about 83% of, of the snaps. But if you're wondering um who else came in there. After 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 Juju Smith Schuster, wide receiver wise, it was Deontay Johnson was next, even though he missed 
one full game and parts of two other games. He had the next most snaps at 647. So he had almost, um, what is that? That's about over 150 snaps less than Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, and then behind Deontay Johnson, the next most was Chase Claypool with 619 snaps. Um, and not far behind, well, on the list, not far behind, but if you look at the numbers, well far behind was James Washington with 410. So um, Chase Claypool had 200 more snaps than James Washington did last year. But um, that's where they they all fall. Eric Ebron actually had, if you include him um, in the mix as a tight end, he actually had, he had less than Juju, but he had more than Deontay Johnson. He would have been wedged in between there. So that was the answer to that question of, of the most, of the most snaps played in, in 2020 by receivers. The other question that I was given, and I want to make sure I, I know who was given these questions so I can give them the proper cre- credit was um, this one came from, from Darren. This is um, it's that's DW Sable, I guess, S A B O L on Twitter. He asked the question of how many, he has two questions. So the first one was how many three and outs did the Steelers offense have in 2020? I was able to look that up. That was a great question. Uh, but before I did, I wanted to say, well, how many were there in the entire league? Now, I strictly went three plays and punt. If there was a turnover in there, doesn't matter. If some, you know, if there was a first down, of course, that didn't qualify or anything. So this was three plays and punt. So sometimes, you know, you get some other desirable things going on there defensively or non-desirable things offensively. Because, I mean, think about it. Sometimes it's not three and out because a team went for it on fourth down and didn't get it, or they turned the ball over before they got there. But strictly three and outs. For the season in the NFL, there were 1,080 three and outs. So that would average – by team with 32 teams, that would average, that would come down to just under um, 34 three and outs on the season. So that's 33.75 is what that is. So if you look at that, um, that means every team should have had at least two three and outs each game on average. I mean, when you average that over the, the entire league is, is what the average would be. Unfortunately for the Steelers, they had 50. They had 53 and outs. Now, I didn't go through and look at how many each individual team had because uh, I just couldn't really that, – that wasn't um, a real easy way to be able to do that. So, actually, it's funny. Now that I think about it, I, you know, that's something I might have been able to do um, the, depending on, on one of the – on my filters and everything that I might have actually been able to figure that out. Hmm. I wish I would have done that now. Um, I might have to update you with that next week. But on, on those drives – the Steelers forced 80 punts on the season, 80 punts. But, um, and 50 of them open or ended came on a three and out, which if you think about that, that's kind of crazy. That's that over that over half their, their punts came because they'd had a three and out. That's insane. So from that, I also wanted to say, well, how'd the defense do? I, I just took the question a little bit further. Say, what happened with the defense with that? Did they did did they force more three and outs than what the than what the offense gave up? And the answer is yes, they did. They did give up um, 
force more of them because they forced 55 three and outs on the season, which means that, and that was on 86 punts that they forced. And, and that, so they did even better than the offense. Well, if you look at it, so it's just kind of interesting to see how that came out, but that was a good question, but he had two questions. He had another one that wasn't as related. And I thought this one was pretty good. And this is going to be the last one that we look at here um, on this episode. And that was how many players drafted by the Steelers in the last five years are still in the NFL? Well, when it comes to that question, I actually need to, I had to look at it the other way around because how many players were versus how many players weren't. They were there over the, I went the last five years. So this was from 2016 on. And the Steelers have made 37 draft picks out of those 37 draft picks. Now, not all these teams are with the Steelers and all these players are with the Steelers, but there's only five of them who are no longer in the NFL, just five. Um, Cause yes, shockingly Jeff Hartman's going to love this one, but he's got to know that yes, Colin Holba, the long snapper, is still in the NFL um, and was actually with the with the San Francisco 49ers last year. And I think he signed on um, signed on. I think he's a futures contract with uh, with the Rams. That's who it is. He's he has a futures contract with the Rams. So he's still in the league. But there are five players that are not in the league. So the easiest way to do is to let's go back um, the furthest and we'll go through these five. And here's what's crazy about these. They are all either sixth or seventh round draft picks. They are all either sixth or seventh round draft picks. That's insane. So that means anyone drafted by the Steelers in the fifth round or above in the last five years is still playing in the NFL. So, or at least played or was with a team in some some form in 2020. So if you go back to the 2016 draft, there were two players that are no longer um, in the NFL. One, one was seventh round draft pick Demarcus Ayers the wide receiver. He was with the Steelers. He played two games with the Steelers. He's the, he's actually the only person on this list. Well, he played two games. I think he might've played. Yeah. I think they were both with the Steelers. Um, he's the only player on this list. That's actually credited with playing an NFL game. The other four players did not even play in an NFL game, but the Marcus Ayers was with the Steelers. He chose to go sign when he didn't make the, the team in um in 2017 he chose to not sign with the Steelers practice squad and go sign with the Patriots because he thought he probably had a better chance of getting bumped to the uh, to the main roster he did not he didn't last long there didn't even last a month spent some time on the Chicago Bears practice squad he ultimately this was all in 20 in in 2017 he ultimately ended up playing in the XFL and is now in the CFL in the Canadian Football League um, in that same draft in 2016, Travis Feeney, linebacker, outside linebacker, um, he was on the Steelers practice squad that season and at the end of the year got poached by the Saints. Now, what we mean by poached is at the end of the year, sometimes if teams feel like they have an a, a, a viable spot on their 53-man roster, they'll look at other teams' practice squad guys, sign them at the end of the year, and then that way they have them going into the next year. That's what happened uh, to Feeney, but then he got cut in the offseason, never ended up back in the NFL. He did play in the AAF before it collapsed, and he's also playing in the Canadian Football League now. 2017, 
Keon Adams, linebacker, seventh round draft pick. Um, he was he was with the Steelers um, on the practice squad. He was released in 2019 um, and ended up with the with the Giants, and then ended up on IR. He's also in the Canadian Football League. In 2018, seventh round draft pick Joshua Frazier um, did not make the Steelers roster or practice squad that year. He ended up on the Lions practice squad for, uh, I think it was four weeks maybe, um, and then was released. He played in the AAF, and then he announced his official retirement from football in 2019. But um, I don't know that anyone was knocking down his door. And then the, the, the fifth player is Sutton Smith from 2019. He was a six-round draft pick. He spent time on three different practice squads in 2019, one of which was the Steelers. I remember he was signed for a day at one point, brought back for a day and then released, and then was brought back again. He was on Jacksonville's practice squad. He was on Seattle's practice squad. He was not with any team in 2020, even with expanded practice squads. He was not anywhere um, that I could see that he, he had played at all. So I don't know if he's still trying – or for the NFL or not. So that's only five players out of 37 drafted in the last five years that are not in the NFL anymore. All the rest of them in the league. So out of 37, 33 of them have played in at least one NFL game, um, which you, when you think about that is fairly impressive. So that was, that was the questions. Make sure you keep them coming. If um, STLR super fan dad at Twitter, STLR super fan dad at gmail.com is my email. Keep looking for those stats question. Those are great. Thanks for tu- for tuning in here with me this morning. Um, I'm, I feel really bad that I didn't look up and see where the Steelers ranked with the number of three and outs they had. I got to bring you that one next week because uh, that's one I'm even more curious about rather than just the number, but where that put them in the NFL. So uh, I just got to make note of that. Make sure I bring that back to you. But make sure you're checking out all the audio pod podcasts uh, that we have on our platform. I'm sure if you've stumbled onto this one, you've probably listened to the other ones. You know, you got Jeff Hartman's ride. Um, uh, let's ride. I almost said it. It's part of his uh, ride or die crew. I have to admit, I'm part of that crew. I listen to every single one of his podcasts. Um, I try to listen to every podcast for BTSC. I can't always catch them all, but that's but that Let's Ride is one that I don't miss. So um, we all got our, our our YouTube shows that are then on the audio platform as well. Make sure you're checking those out. And of course, bindthesteelcurtain.com. It's your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Keep coming with the questions. It's a long off season. We got to figure out what kind of numbers we want to talk about week in and week out. So hopefully this kind of helped explain a little bit um, what happened throughout the Steelers season. Hopefully you weren't too upset by my frustration at the beginning that yes, we can look at the whole season and we don't just have to focus on what happened in that postseason game in order to, to, to do everything that you can to build on what the Steelers did in 2020. So once again, Thanks for tuning in, and most importantly, thanks for geeking out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.